Ambergris is a name that we use to call a female hamburger, which is a type of sandwich. Fact. Fact. You can tell if one person is taller than the other by sitting in each of their laps. Fact. Actually, this is just a hunch, but I feel like amphetamines would be really great for your bowling game. Actually, we can probably just go down to the lanes and figure this one out. Fact. A water buffalo can hold 300 baby chickens in its stomach. Fact. Okay, you could get a frozen margarita, but if you order it with no salt on it, you can just go fuck yourself. Fact. Between 1936 and 1941, there were both professional and amateur organized leagues for arson in the state of Delaware. Fact. In 1908, little-known astronomer Hazel Roddenberry calculated the distance between the Earth and the Sun by sitting in a colleague's lap. Fact. Until the second Bush administration, a first pressing of Bruce Cockburn's 1984 LP, Stealing Fire, could be used in place of a travel visa between the United States and Canada. Fact. You can check out anytime you like, but in a metaphorical sense, you can truly never leave a Bass Pro Shop. Fact. Trader Ned's in Longmont, Colorado, boasts a fine selection of dried meats, glass pipes, and a whole lot of weird fucking knives. Fact. Here's what the rich are doing. Using ice-cold spring water just to flush their toilets. Fact. If you sew razor blades all over your clothes, so when somebody brushes up against you, they get sliced, it's not illegal. Fact. Peter's 23. He likes riding lawnmowers. He sleeps in a muddy field. search at google.biz. Please enter your search words. I'm sorry, I did not find any results for George Clooney wig sex. Please try oh, a different come on. search. Zdandrich snorts in derision as I try the door handle again. No way, he says condescendingly. That fucker's jammed all to hell. You're right, I murmur. Shall I go back into the corner? I'm already on my way back to the corner. No, come here and help me. My forehead has just barely made contact with the wall, and I jerk away as if suddenly finding it covered with spiders. Spiders! I yell pathetically. What? Shut the fuck up! Zandrich yanks me towards the center of the room and shoves me down onto my hands and knees. Without much hesitation, he steps onto my back and stretches upwards towards the grating covering the ceiling. I try my best to be perfectly stable. I am a mahogany table. I am two cinder blocks propping up a sheet of titanium. I am- Stay still, Vleasley, you worthless pile of slug shit! Yes, Stondridge. I breathe obediently, my voice straining with effort. I can feel him trying to pull the grate down, then push it up. He yanks on it furiously, almost tumbling off my back, and I hold my breath in fear. What if Stondridge were to be injured? What would I do? It's no goddamn use, he says as he jumps back down onto the floor. Things on there tight. I'm sorry, Zdondrich, I moan. Forgive me. I lay myself prostrate before him on the concrete floor, pressing my nose into the questionable slime that coats it, quivering. Oh, shut up. 
Thank you, Zdandrich. Zdandrich is taller than me. He is 100,000 times the man I am. His torso is great and round and majestic like the moon rising over a midnight desert landscape. Hair majestically covers his Adonis-like body, like majestic tumbleweed in the same desert. His legs are two majestic redwoods, except thinner. His feet are majestic wedges of skin and bones in the shape of feet. His face is like the face of a man who is handsome and good-looking. His features say things like, I am strong, and I have two eyes. His mouth is wide and ragged like the beautiful rocks on a main shoreline. How many times I have counted the very teeth in that mouth. He has thirteen, and they shine like silver. I reflect upon these things in awe as I sit in the corner once more, and Zdandrich paces with vigor back and forth across the room. His stride is beautiful. Abruptly, he stops and kicks me swiftly in the side. This is fucking bullshit, he shouts. Thank you, Zdandrich. I croak as I fold in on myself, the air whooshing out of my lungs. I can hear our guard's measured wheeze as he lumbers past the door again. Zdandrich's eyes widen. I can see the golden yellow of their whites as he stands noble and still like a perfect statue. When the guard's steps fade, he begins to move again. He lets out a small, keening sound of triumph, and a bead of sweat rolls down his cheek from the inside corner of his eye. He is likely thinking of a genius plan for our escape. His nose appears to be running. My eyes widen with concern. Zdandrich, you are ill, I moan, leaping to my feet. It's this cold and damp. Anyone would become ill here. What a pathetic fool I am. Here, take my clothes. I pull my shirt off over my head and scramble to remove my pants. Not cold, Zdandrich says quietly, sniffling. Oh, I say, pausing. But of course, you should have my clothing in any way. I strip all the way down. Zdandrich seats himself regally in the metal bench that passes for a bed. He doesn't move to accept my clothes when I offer them to him, so I gingerly drape my trousers across his shoulders and lovingly spread my shirt across his lap. There, I whisper. Perfect. Thank you for allowing me the honor, Zdandrich. I silently return to my corner and crouch, watching Zdandrich's every move. He looks at the floor, obviously chin-deep in clever and heroic thoughts. We sit in silence for a long while. Suddenly, there is the sound of metal on metal as the lock in the door turns, and the whole thing creaks open. A uniformed guard is on the other side. He looks at us stonily. Want to use free to go, he says, sounding bored. He consults a clipboard. Fleasley J? I'm about to shake my head and protest, no, certainly they are wrong. I deserve to be locked in here. I am bad. I am a bad, bad, unworthy man. But suddenly, Zdondrich speaks up. That's me, he says. I'm Vleasley. My mouth falls open in shock. All right, come on out. The guard steps aside, and Zdondrich stands and hurries to the hall eagerly, my clothes slipping off of him and into the slime on the floor. The guard gives me a once-over, and his nose wrinkles in disgust. Put your fucking clothes on, Zdondrich. Jesus. Then the door swings shut. I stare blankly at the filthy floor, then scoop up some of the muck and leisurely smear it in long gray-brown streaks across my thin chest. I am fascinated with the shine and the color of it. Beautiful. Yes, I say quietly, after a long moment of contemplation, nodding. I am Zedondrich now.
This episode of Brian Weekly was written and performed by Michael Arthur, Max Eddy, Kathy Fisher, and the whole Picklin gang. Music by Michael Arthur. For more Brian enjoyment, follow us on Twitter at Brian Weekly, or visit our website at brianweekly.com. Oh, and rate us on iTunes. We know you haven't done it yet. Looking specifically at you, Josh. Did you enjoy this pornographic film? Jack Breckenridge and his howling commandos will appear in their next film, Rimmin' for Idiots.